I'm Nisha Zachary, and this is the Zigzag Leap, brought to you by Permission to Leap. For years, I've been talking to people about having permission to take a leap of faith. We all know that life doesn't happen in a straight line, so how do you overcome your past and possibly current circumstances to live the life you were created for? Stick around to hear our guest answers that will lend you some courage to give yourself permission to leap, no matter how twisted the path may be. All right. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Zigzag Leap. Today, I am talking to Bishop J. Deland Shorter, and we are going to be talking about seeing ourselves as a masterpiece. Bishop Shorter, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Nisha, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be with you today. All right. So can you explain to me, let's start with what is your concept of a masterpiece? Masterpiece. My concept of a masterpiece stems from an ideology that I that I realized uh, when studying some art pieces, uh, and that is a Ming vase is valuable. It has great value. The problem is there are plenty of them, but if you find one that has a flaw, it becomes a masterpiece because it is unique. It has, it has no quantitative value. It has qualitative value. And I mm-hmm. think that's something that we don't always uh, see in ourselves because maybe I don't have the quantity of money that Bill Gates has or the quantity of uh, stocks that uh, someone else has or the quantity of education that someone else has. But what's my quality of life experience? What's the quality of what I bring to the table? And and that sometimes is so much greater than just the fact that you have a lot of something. Individuality is the greatest gift I think that many of us have that we never pay attention to. Yeah. But that's like the whole thing when it comes to the zigzag leap is like every twist and turn takes you a little bit higher, even though it seems like it's setting you back. It's taking you higher in your, you know, in your purpose, in your transformation and in where you're supposed to be going. I've got a concept for you that um, popped in my head while I was just thinking about Masterpiece. Mm -hmm. If you ever go into the grand foyer of a mansion. Most mansions that have a grand foyer, they never have a straight stairway. They never have a straight stairwell. Some of them have spiral staircases. Some of them have arched staircases. Some of them have staircases that bend at a, you know, turn at a 45 and then maybe a 90. You're left here, left, right. But all of them lead you to the next level but they're never just 41 steps straight up. So why is that? Part of it is because each plateau allows you to have a different perspective. You see differently. You see the room differently. In a spiral staircase, your view, your vantage point is constantly changing. And I want to submit 
that life is exactly that way. Our vantage point in life is constantly changing. Yes. And that's mainly because we're changing. If you think about it, every day we take another step. It's another step every single day. And so yesterday, as much as it may look like yesterday, it's not yesterday. And just to be honest, tomorrow, as much as it may look like today, is still not the same day. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we would approach life sometimes in that individual step mentality, I'm, I'm, I'm making strides. I'm stepping up to become that complete masterpiece, that complete view, vantage, picture of the authentic self that I really am. You know, uh, one of the things that, that uh, helped me understand this ideology of masterpiece is the catastrophic cardiac event that I suffered years ago. Two mm -hmm. years ago, I was, I mean, I literally was rolling along, you know, right. hitting, the, hitting the cookie cutter of, of life syndrome. Hey, get up in the morning, go to work, get off work, go back home. I'm good. My only problem is I'm not a millionaire. I don't have all of the accoutrements of life that I think make, you know, make one successful. Mm -hmm. And then I walk into a doctor's office and he basically says, hey, just want to tell you, you're getting ready to die. Oh. No. Yeah, yeah, that part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, as much as I love the Lord and as much as, you know, I try to keep my language as clean as possible. WTF is really what was going through my head when he said, hey, you know, long and short of it, your heart's so bad, you're not going to make it. And so immediately I quantified myself as mm. not having any value because, hey, you just told me I'm out of here. So I don't, there's no dream. My dream is gone. So there you are in the doctor's office and he says, okay, this is it. You're done. So how do we get from there two years ago to here with this going on today? Totally different story. One of the greatest things that happened to me was I was allowed to see two of my children that I had not seen for years. I had said to God, hey, since I'm done, since this is what you're going to, you know, this is how it's going to end, let me have the ability to see my children. And needless to say, my daughter and my son came to the hospital. And my daughter said to me, Dad, I know what the doctor said, but I need you to live. And, and I looked at her and I said, well, baby, I've lived my life, I've, you know, I've lived, I, I've done a lot of stuff. And she says, no dad, 
I no, you're you you just existed. I need you to live. And that really changed my 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 mentality. I've got X number of days according to the doctor. And for the last 48 years, all I've done is exist. Wow. So I've just been plain Jane, run of the mill, what everybody thought life should be. That's what I've done for 48 years. Yeah. Now I got not live. So now I got to live. And in that, I had to really find my authentic self. Who who am I? Who is who is Jay Deland Shorter? Mm-hmm. Who who is who is he? And once I really began to, you know, self evaluate. Self evaluation is not a bad thing. Some people think, you know, coming to learn who you really are what your likes and dislikes are, what your temperament is, and being comfortable in that. People yeah. take that as, oh, well, he's arrogant, he's prideful, you know, he's, you know, all of these negative connotations. But when I really got to, hey, this is who I am, it mm-hmm. made me say, wait a minute, I am individually who I am. And if I've got 30 days of life left, I'm going to live those 30 days without any regret at all. And whether you value it is not important. I value it. And can I submit to you the moment that my mind frame changed? My body actually said, wait a minute. If he's not going to die, we're not going to die. I was in full kidney failure, full liver failure, stage five heart failure. I was septic with a blood infection that they still haven't got a name for. Wow. On nine different antibiotics at the same time. And suddenly my kidneys started functioning again. My liver started functioning again. The heart failure didn't go anywhere. But at least now they had an opportunity to to do a procedure Mm -hmm. that would save my life. And when they put $11 million in my chest, it made me a masterpiece. Yeah, let's talk and about that dollars in your chest. So I have what's known as a left left ventricle assist device, an LVAD. But mine is put in a little differently because mine bypasses my heart completely and goes directly to the aorta from whatever that cardiopulmonary artery is that comes off the lungs that supplies the blood to the heart. Mm-hmm. It goes from there to the aorta. It's a complete bypass of the whole organ itself. There are only five of these in the world. I'm a masterpiece. Yes. 
they, they, I, I wake up in the morning and it's funny because when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I'm like, God, I'm here. Thank you. And mm-hmm. after that, it's so today, not tomorrow, not yesterday. Today, I'm going to be awesome. I'm going to be great. I'm going to shine. I am going to be successful in just today. Here's what my list of things to do is. I may not accomplish but one thing, Mm -hmm. but the fact that I accomplished it, to me, makes me awesome. I'm a masterpiece in my own mind. And because of that, I exude a level of confidence now that people are like, oh my God, real, I, how are you so just always joyful, always happy? Baby, I'm a masterpiece. I love that. Okay, so let me ask you this. When, when you got out of the hospital, um, you and I had this conversation about bats and buzzards and there was one. Oh God. The buzzard, the bats, and the bumblebees. Yes. And that has stuck with me for like the last at least 18 months. But in all of that you're saying, like that's part of this masterpiece equation. Can you explain the the three bees? The buzzard, the bats, and the bumblebees. Let's deal with the buzzard first. Mm-hmm. The American buzzard, or the or, or the, what they call the turkey vulture. This bird has the largest wingspan of all of, of most birds. It has one of the largest. Uh, some of them grow even to condor size uh, wingspans, which is about six feet uh, from tip to tip. Now, what is interesting is. This bird has enough power in his wings to take flight standing still. However, the condor, the buzzard, they take a minimum of 12 feet. They have to have a running start. So if you put a buzzard in an enclosure that is four feet by four feet, four feet wide, four feet long, an absolute square, the buzzard will never leave the box because it doesn't know that it has the power to take flight from a standing position. There are so many people in the world today that operate like buzzards. They have all of the tools, just all, they got them all. They're there. Yet for some reason, in their mind, they just can't see themselves succeeding. Uh, I was once like that. I had two doctoral degrees. I'm a skilled musician. Uh, I'm a great orator. I'm a wonderful teacher. I've got all the tools. And in my mind, well, I'll never be I'll never be anything because what I was conditioned in my mind that I don't have enough. I'll never be good enough. I'm my my childhood wasn't great, 
so I'll never be good enough. I live in the ghetto, so I'll never be good enough. My, I can't see. My mind has me blocked in when I've got all the tools, all the power. That's the buzzard. Mm-hmm. The bat. Wonderful creature. We always say that the bat is blind because it has poor eyesight. But here's what's interesting. Bats work on sonar. That bat knows by sonar where it's going, where it needs to land. But here's another thing. Bats, although they operate by sonar, they also operate by heat. But let's just deal with their eyes and their ears for right now. If you take a bat and go into a cave where there are a thousand bats, and you startle all the bats at the same time, those bats never run into each other. You would think that because they're all operating on sonar, that they would run in, you know, all you hear is one screech and everybody's running into each other. But mm -hmm. they're not because each individual bat hears on a separate frequency. Here's the issue with us as we try to hear or we try to listen all at the same frequency. Baby, you've got to get comfortable with the voice that's in your head. And it's your voice, not the outside voice. So many people try to tell us, here's what you are. Here's what you can have. Here's what you can do. Here, here are your limits. But what do you say about you? What voice do you hear? I had to learn to hear the voice that says, Jamal, you're greater than what they've said. You're greater than what they've limited you to. You're, you're more than that. Well, you're only, you'll never be this because you can only have that. Says who? Hmm. That's the question. The, the picture of success is not what they say success is, what you say success is. If you want to own 10 houses, they'll tell you, now be careful. You know, owning a single house has a lot of work to it. They're already trying to dumb down where mm -hmm. you see yourself. Exactly. And so who do you listen to? Do you listen to the dummy in the room who's telling you you can't when you have everything you need to be more than what they say? So the bat, when he hears, when he sends out his sound, what comes back to him is what is uniquely his. It's his masterpiece frequency. I love that. Now the bumblebee. Yeah. Finally, the bumblebee. Here, here are a few things about the bumblebee, a few facts about the bumblebee. Number one, the bumblebee has a 60 to 90 day lifespan. So he doesn't have a lot of time. Can I submit to you, life is short. We don't have a lot of time. Yes. That's A. B, 
physically, the physical construction makeup of a bee is actually flight is not even a bee shouldn't even think he could fly. Right. It, sh it shouldn't even get in his mind. Number one, his wings are too thin to support his weight. And then they're too small to support his weight. So he has two strikes against him. Yet, because the bumblebee doesn't know, he doesn't know that he can't fly. He doesn't know it. So in his DNA is a confidence that overrides his physical attributes. Mm -hmm. It overrides his circumstance or his atmospheric conditions. He simply knows I can fly. This was where I began my journey in 2019. Everything said, the doctor said, hey, listen, we're going to do this. When we do this, you've got an 18-month rehab in facility. So the idea of you going home anytime soon, take it out <laughs> of your head. Yeah. The funny part is I had to learn to walk again. I had to learn to feed myself. I had to learn to do something as simple as swallowing. That's crazy. And you know the crazy part? They told me 18 months, but I made up in my mind. You told me I would be dead by Thanksgiving. Hmm. I need to be home before October ended. I'd made up my mind. And so day two, I had a gentleman come in from physical therapy. And this man low-rated me, berated me, told me I'd never walk again. I'd never make it. Everybody that he's seen that has had this has died. And he made me so angry that all I could think was, uh, if I can get out this bed, I am going to whoop your tail. I didn't <laughs> use the word tail. I had some other words because I, I had said to my, number one, who is this man to tell me that I can't. Mm -hmm. And so when, I'll never forget, her name is Rashida. She came in the room, she said, Mr. Shorter, you got to remember, you can do all things wow. through Christ who strengthened you. And when she said that to me, it was like electricity hit me because now I've got somebody in the room whose mind is like mine. I will not lay here and die. I will make sure that I prove to you, number one, that the investments that the doctors have put in me, I'm gonna prove to them that I appreciate it. And 
I got, I'll never forget, feeling the cold floor underneath my feet. I'll never forget trying to stand and my knees buckling and shaking. But yet I pressed, I pushed, I fought till I stood. And I huh. remember saying to Rashida, okay, I st I'm standing today. Tomorrow we're going to walk. Now, if it, I'd made up in my mind, if it was no more than my right foot, then my left foot, two steps. Uh -huh. Two steps is walking. And you know what? That next day it was two steps. Later that afternoon, could you bring her back so I can walk from my bed to the chair? And when I realized I could make it to the chair, could y'all bring me a walker? I just want to walk to the door. Mr. Shorter, don't overdo it. I won't, but every hour, every two hours, I was getting up, taking steps. So finally, by the time October 19th came, they were like, okay, Mr. Shorter, you've proven to us that you can walk because you're walking down to the cafeteria, you're down uh, in the emergency room, we got to put something on you to keep you on the floor. Watch out. Vehicle on shoulder ahead. October 19th, they walked in and said, listen, you're doing so well. We're not going to send you to rehab. We're sending you home. I had to be the bumblebee. I know what my wings say. I know mm -hmm. what, you know, I know what, uh, what is that? physics say but here's what i'm going to do i'm going to prove everybody wrong and i'll be the one that you guys look at and go he's the he there's nobody like him there's nothing like him he's flawed he's cracked he's broken but yet with all of these things that are against him he's back at it that that 2019, that December, I walked back into my place of employment. And when I walked back in, everybody said, bro, how are you, how are you here? Right. You're here. You're working 70 hours. I work more now than I did when I was able-bodied, if you will. Mm -hmm. And everybody asked questions. Bro, how? I'm a masterpiece. I've, I've come to a place in my mind that I will not be average just because I have a disability. Just because I don't have all of the tools that somebody else may have, I mm -hmm. will not allow myself to be average. Masterpiece is a mind frame. And so once I understood that concept of the bee, I could no longer be the buzzard. I could no longer act like there are walls and there are limits to who I am. I could no longer act like the bat. 
I couldn't be confused by the voices of other people who limit me into what they're afraid of. I had to become the bumblebee and defy the odds, defy the laws. That's me. That's how I, I love that. I love that. So, you know, my thing is all about permission. And it like that story is just laced with permission, um, like defying all of the odds. What is your definition of permission? I define permission as freedom. Mm -hmm. I define it as freedom. Better stated, liberty. Why liberty? Because freedom at times comes with limitation. I'm only as free as the law allows. Yep. But when I come to liberty, being at liberty, liberty is a place where that my freedom is undefined. It is, it, 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 it is unlimited. I, I'm at I'm at liberty to be exactly and unabashedly who I am. I I, I love the 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 uh, LBGTQ community because in there you find people who have come to absolute grips with who they are. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm past my freedom. I'm at liberty to love who I love. I'm at yes. liberty to, to explore all of what I want to see in relationship to who I am. Again, I'm not gay, but I understand now the ideology of, of love at a place where I can be free to love who I love and allow them to love me and not be afraid of your limitation of what love is. Yes, 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 yes. This is permission. And so when I look at, when, when we talk about permission to leap, mm -hmm. you have the ability and the authority yes. to be absolutely who you are and watch this, who you are meant to be, not who others say you should be. Yes, most definitely. And this is a conversation you and I have had many times. You've been here like from the beginning of this permission to leave journey. <laughs> um, but why is it so hard for people to grasp that concept? Like you have the authority already you were born with it because we have been programmed to accept limitations as a as a little boy as a little boy i was told that i'd never be this i'd never be that because all of your genetic bloodline connections were, on, were, were only this. Mm -hmm. So if they are only liars, if they are only drug addicts, and guess what? 
you're going to be just like them because it's in you. Well, then, that means there is no reason for me to aspire to be greater. Mm-hmm. There's no reason, reason for me to hope that there is more. Because you've already told me the ceiling stops at the first floor. And so whether or not there are more buttons on the elevator, mm-hmm. don't even you look for access. them. Yeah, you have no access to those. And since I have since you have no access, why try to access it? That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. But it happens. We're conditioned. We're yes. Yes. And it's for a lot of people, it is at home. And then for other people, it's when you get to school and your teachers tell you X, Y, Z, your friends tell you A, B, C. And it's like you've got so many different letters coming at you from every different situation that you find yourself in that you can't make a single word. I, I want to be, a, I, you know, what's funny. Uh, my very first, my very first, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? My very mm-hmm. first desire was to be a podiatrist, to be a foot doctor. Why? <laughs> Again, yes, I know. Uh, me, foot doctor, never. <laughs> no one ever sees that. It's like, you wanted to be a what? Right, what? Well, be a foot doctor. Why? First of all, let, let's deal with this. In the black community, mm-hmm. the African American community, you want to be a what? A foot doctor. Okay, right. let's let's stop that part right there. Yeah. We don't do that. No. So okay. When I went to my guidance counselor in high school, hey, JD, what do you want to be? I want to be a foot doctor. Okay, so let's get you some nursing classes. I want to be a foot doctor. Not a nurse, a foot doctor. I hear what you're saying, but you know, let's 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 try to focus on something that you can reach. Wow. This is the guidance counselor. So the guidance counselor has basically shot, not just shot me down, but basically exploded an atomic bomb in what Uh it is that I'm dreaming. Well, since I can't be a foot doctor, I want to be a pilot. Okay. So you want to be a pilot. Mm-hmm. You do realize yeah. that that takes a lot of skill to be a pilot. Yes. Mm-hmm. You do realize that that takes a lot of math. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get you into vocational training. Let's see if let's see if you like carpentry or uh, electrical. I want to be a pilot, not a carpenter. Okay, yeah. but we're going to put you in woodshop class. 
I want to be a pilot. But that's the way it goes, especially with black males. They're going to push you away from the from the sciences, from the maths, from those kind of courses, unless you have somebody who's advocating for you, which you clearly didn't, given what you, you know said about you know the words that were poured into you from the beginning. Right, and see, it was at that place that I, for years, dumbed. I dumbed myself down mm -hmm. because I heard the voice of parents who said, "You can't, you won't, you'll never." And it yeah. was while they dumbed me down. So suddenly, success to me became their picture, not my picture. At what point did you and start to reframe that? Here's the crazy part. Mm -hmm. 1989 was a year, was the year that I had to really chart my own path. I moved from New York to Atlanta and literally did not talk to my mom or my dad for about five years. And in that, in that five year period, mm -hmm. I started building my own identity of who I was. Once I began to build that, the who I was, I began to see others around me who started saying, hey, look, we are more than just average guys. Shorter, you're smarter than anybody I know because you love, you love to read. You love, you mm -hmm. love words. You, you yeah. read stuff that <laughs> why are you reading it? Why, why are you reading it? What, what are you doing reading that? And so I became thirsty for information. Mm -hmm. And I got thirsty for abstract information. Abstract information led me to law school. Law school led me to, to, to seminary. Mm-hmm. Seminary led me to understand, wait a minute, this picture of religion that we have, we've missed the boat. It's about relationship. Yes. And when I got to, when I began to understand relationship, that drove me. When I say drove me, it was like, you know, the ideology of the cattle, the cattle driver, you know, cracking the whip, driving the cattle. It drove me to understand, wait a minute, life is greater than what it is that I've been taught. Who yes. I am is greater than what it is I've been, that they've tried to confine me to. And as I journeyed, I, 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 I began to I guess challenge foundational thought processes. Yeah. And then when this catastrophic cardiac event happened, uh -huh. it blew it blew 
normal thinking out of the water for me. I would say so, because I can tell that there's a, a different person came out of the hospital than the one that went in, like for sure. I mean, like your basis, your foundation from when I first knew you to now has, hasn't changed, but the production on top of it, the building on top of that foundation has shifted and flipped and flopped and, you know, like really restacked itself into a masterpiece over the last, you know, several years. Like you stepped into who you actually are. I had to become my authentic self, Nisha. And that's the place that so many people, they lose themselves mm -hmm. because they never, they never tap into their authentic self. My authentic self came with a lot of self-love, self-love. I stopped relying on others to love me and just began to just love myself. Hey, you know, I, I'm I'm old. I'm overweight. I'm out of shape. That's my. I love I love my statement. And everyone like you shouldn't say that about yourself. No, baby, I love the fact that I'm 299 pounds. I love it. I'm working on getting down just for health reasons. But I love my 299. I love the fact that I got a little kind of a little wobble when I walk. I love it. And guess what? If you don't like it. I'm okay because not everybody likes Picasso, but he's mm -hmm. still a master artist. Yes. Not everybody likes uh, 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 Luther Vandross, but the man has got a golden voice. Mm -hmm. you know, not everybody likes chicken. I love chicken. We'll discuss that later. I've become, <laughs> I've become so in love with myself. But that's what it's all about. That literally, permission to, when I look at permission to leave, what I see is, and, and I, I've always said this, it is, it is the path to learning and loving yourself without any restriction. I love that. That is it. That is exactly it. I love that. Yes, without any restrictions, without fear, without shame, guilt, all the trappings. I, I, I you know, I was, I was, I, I was in a class. Um, I was in in a teaching on Saturday in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, hey, you know, you cannot, you know, people need to stop being arrogant. And I started thinking about this concept, ideology of arrogance. Mm -hmm. You know, how uh, anytime we see a person who's really confident about themselves, oh, man, he or she is really arrogant. Really? Or is it the fact that their confidence exposes your uh, insecurity? Yes. Yeah, like, that's exactly what it is. And it frustrates you. It frustrates you because then you've got fear. Like, you're going to be exposed to the rest of the world because you don't have 
whatever it is you think you don't have. Who, whoever told you, and this is something that I tell people all the time, whoever told you that you're not enough, that's the first person that you should slap in the mouth. <laughs> just, just don't wait, don't hesitate. I know you're going to get a charge for assault, but just hit him in the mouth. Take that charge. The, the charge is worth it because they've assaulted you mentally. Yes. You know, we, and, and I'll, I'll caveat real quick to something I know that you're a huge, huge advocate for when we look at things like relationship violence. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. the, the assault on the mind is probably the most damaging, not probably, but is the most damaging. Oh, definitely. definitely. Because for some reason, it takes such deep root in our psyche mm -hmm. that that breaking that thought process sometimes takes years yep and i want to challenge everybody viewing whoever tells you that you're not enough you're not good enough fight like hell yes fight like hell to prove to them Mm-hmm. That they are 100% wrong. Mm-hmm. I realized learning, learning myself. Please tell me I can't do something. Right. That's all I need you to say. I'm good after that. <laughs> oh, baby. It becomes like, uh, uh what? I, you said I can't do something? Mm-hmm. Hey, 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 baby, I'm running down the sugar. I'm finna turn up now. And it's literally because I've come to a place where I love me so much that I refuse to let you kill me with your words. Yep. But your words you have to recognize who you are and where you are. You have to recognize that you are the bumblebee and you are not the buzzard that they want to make you into. I believe this. This is and this is my absolute belief. I I don't believe that God ever created us to be substandard. When I look at who Adam was. Adam was formed with something called, in the Latin, donum superadidum. Donum, the word power. Superadidum, supernatural, or beyond comprehensive. Mm -hmm. If Adam was created that way, and we still maintained Adam's DNA, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, You've got Adam DNA in you. Mm -hmm. If if 
scientists and statistics say that we use less than 50% of our brain. That means there's still at least 50% of power, knowledge, information that we can pack in there. Yep. <laughs> so why can't we be or live above common the commonality of life? Because we have to retrain ourselves in order to do that. We have to retrain ourselves to believe who we were created to be, not who we were told we are. End of the day. <laughs> That's the long and short of it. Yeah. Okay, so where can yeah. people find you to hear more of all of these good works? Well, uh, every morning on Zoom, there's a Zoom content. I'll shoot you the Zoom link. Every morning, 9 a.m., we do what's called the morning run. And the morning run is just a daily... Like just a daily nugget, like you take your vitamins, you take, um, you know, your morning medication. It's it's mm -hmm. designed to medicate your mind. Yes. Let's get let let's start the day off. Let's start the day off. You know, people take B twelve, or drink a cup of coffee. It's caffeine for your mind. Let's get proper thinking, because if we've got proper thinking, we'll have proper action. Mm -hmm. I, I have discovered if I start out thinking my day is garbage, I can definitely, without doubt, absolutely tell you the day is going to be garbage. But if yeah. I start out, hey, I'm going to have a successful day, point blank, period. I may only accomplish one thing, but that one thing is still success. Yes. You know, yes, it definitely is. And so you can find me doing on the morning run at 9 a.m. on Zoom. The link is uh, I'll provide. I'll make sure that you have so that you can give it to your viewers. Uh, we're in the process now of starting a podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, that's going to be jumping off in January. Two of them, actually. One is called Mind Management. And for the religious community, the other is called Ministry Management 101. I'm looking uh, forward to this. Mind management is a concept just like time management. Mm -hmm. We're taught to manage time, but have we ever been taught to manage our mind? Not really. Sometimes you've got to really, you've got to teach your mind to think the way you want it to think. You definitely do. You know, most people are like, how do you teach your mind? The mind is a muscle. Most people don't realize it. The mind is a muscle, and a muscle can be trained. Mm -hmm. You can train your mind. And when you train your mind, I promise you, you you'll see just an absolute 180 in your thought process, your prosperity, your success, your health, your relationship, train your mind. Awesome. Where are you on Facebook? Uh, Facebook, you can find me at J. Deland Shorter at Facebook, or you can find me at Greater Liberty. 
uh, on Facebook. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think my Instagram page and my. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you all the details. I know I got those pages, but don't ask me about them. That's not my that's not my area of expertise. No. <laughs> but you can find me there. Um, we're in the process of negotiating uh, a a pop up conference. It's called, it's going to be called the AIM Pop Up Conference, and what it's designed to do is basically be a thirty minute. Hey. We're popping up here. Meet me here. We're going to do this. We're going to infuse you with nuggets that's going to make you do three things. Number one, assess your situation. Two, invest in your solution. And three, manifest your destiny. And that's going to be popping up all over Atlanta, the Southeast. We're working with some folks um, in Baltimore, good friend of mine there. Uh, we've got some folks in North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, and it's really just designed to be able to pour into people. It may be no more than just your lunch break, but we're going to pour into you. Here's something for you to take that'll catapult you and kickstart you. So look forward to that coming in the first quarter as well. I mean, we just got some exciting things going to push people to think greater. I love it. So I will make sure that all of that information is on this video here on Facebook. I will also make sure that it's on the YouTube video and in the show notes for the podcast. Thank you so much, Bishop Shorter, for joining me. Hey, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Permission to Leap, go to permissiontoleap.com and subscribe to our email list. When you do, we'll send you a digital leap guide. Thanks again and talk to you next time.